Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Hi, I'm Matt. Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. Through creative content and live shows, we explain the hidden details of the Disney experience so that our clients can execute memorable adventures. Together with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel, we have helped hundreds of clients plan, book, and prepare for magical Disney vacations. Let our experience help you avoid common planning mistakes and maximize the enjoyment on your next Disney trip. Alright, welcome to tonight's show. I'm Matt. This is the DPI Podcast for January the 17th, 2023. We've got a lot going on. Um, like I said earlier in the, uh, in the soft intro... Tron has an opening date now. Um, we've got some more stuff coming back to the parks as far as, you know, meet and greets with Belle and with Ariel. We have um, some ideas on when the fireworks are coming back and what fireworks are coming back, which was kind of crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a crazy show. And I'm, I'm betting that... I am not going to even put a timer on the news because there's so much to talk about this week. We're just going to kind of go and uh, check it out from there and see what we've got going on. Uh, let's see. We're, we're going to try this. I have no clue what's going to happen. So, uh... We're, uh, the organizer came Okay. So we'll just kind of see what happens here. There's Mr. Salvadori. And, um, your, your camera quality is kind of potato. And I have no sound for you right now. Hold on one second here. Where is my settings, 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 more actions, device settings, speaker, high definition audio. How about that? Okay. I'll it online too. All right. This is my video great. quality was bad because I was like, how I, I got to go into device settings to figure out how to turn on the camera that I want. Yeah, uh, it's 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 different. This is this is new and exciting. So um, so I do have you. I've got much better um, much better camera quality now. So um, while while we've got like good camera quality and all that kind of stuff, I'm gonna go over and get us into the news. Um, We're just gonna have to deal with the ring light. I'm gonna have to figure out positioning of everything on this. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the light's fine because you, you kind of block it out for the most part. You call me fat? Well, your head. I mean, if you want to get technical, but... And this is, this is why you figure out a show before you go on the air. <laughs> I just decided that I didn't want to deal with the 10 minutes remaining and I have figured out enough on how to host on teams that I'm like, okay, we can make this happen. Well, it works. Um, I need to do a little bit of... I just Probably. have a ring. I just have a ring right here. Yeah, I, I see that there. It's not It's not bad. I'm blocking this one. Properties, filters... 
Yeah, actually, I don't like the light. You keep figuring that out. I'm going to fix it. We doing the news because I'm pretty excited about the news today. Yeah, um, I'm, I don't even know that I'm going to put a timer on the news tonight. Um, but for the people that are listening to this after the fact, I'm very sorry because it is now like dark in Peter's room because he's trying to figure out his ring light. I got it. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, we have we have a ton of news, ton of news to talk about. Um, well, that's way better. And we've got we've got a lot of people sharing and liking the the post for the show over. Yeah, because on... it's about to go on a blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we we don't have to we don't have to go that far. Um, but let's let let's let's go back to okay. So so first off, we barely missed the opening day because we had to tape early last week. I don't know if it's necessarily a miss because honestly, I felt like our speculation show on Monday was more exciting than if we would have went live on Tuesday and been like, Oh my gosh, it's April 4th. It's April 4th. It's April 4th. Yeah. And to be fair, April 4th was one of the dates of significance. We did decipher and talk about. So it, it is, it is. So Tron Light Cycle Run at the Magic Kingdom going to open up on April the fourth, um, and 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 you were like hoping and praying for that week because. Okay, so let me explain what happened after the news officially released. So, I think I've already said it on the show, but I'll say it again. My family and I we decided to let our annual passes at Disney World expire, even though they're not currently selling new passes. So the only way to keep having them would have been to renew them. But we decided, kind of along Matt's family, that we would like to start venturing out starting in 2023 to Disneyland and Disney Cruises and then potentially start working our way to Paris's, Hong Kong's, etc. So we decided, you know what, let's not renew our annual passes. And so we have a spring break trip booked, which I have talked about on the show from the 1st through the 7th, um, using a little bit of DVC and a little bit of travel agency stay and um, staying at a couple of new resorts that we've never stayed at before to continue to gain my travel agent experience so that I can put myself in the shoes of my clients. And we, because we would have to buy tickets, we're still up in the air on whether or not we would just straight up like do a Disney Springs slash water park. Um, being a DVC member, I can get into the water parks for pretty affordable. It's like uh, 40 bucks for a kid ticket and 50 bucks for an adult ticket or something like that, or 40 bucks for all tickets or something like that. Um, so not egregious. So we were like, hey, we're going for seven days. What if we just relax around the resorts, do some of our favorite dining out of the parks. We were waiting to find out if Tron was going to be open for sure before I said, hey, let's buy tickets. All right, so we've got all of this. We've got the background. So Tuesday, news drops, April 4th, 100% for sure. I don't know if I've ever faster in my life Went to my travel agent website, bought tickets, linked the tickets, went into the park reservation system, <laughs> grabbed April. Um, we did decide that we would do Magic Kingdom on Thursday the 6th. So booked a reservation for April the 6th, which honestly, I would rather be there two days after the excitement of the 4th. So, because I, I can just imagine how quickly, you got to imagine they're going to be doing the virtual ride queuing, especially for those first few days. And so I just, boy, it, the six just sounds better. So I have park tickets and a reservation for the six. So as soon as the sixth, but likely a couple days after that, we, we will be able, like we will probably go live a little bit on the sixth, maybe like right after I ride it, just to talk about initial thoughts 
Um, assuming they do a virtual queue, I will get a virtual queue and I will pay individual lightning lane so that I can write it twice, <laughs> 100%.、Um, so, And then I should, in my first ride, hopefully figure out how to mount a GoPro because it does have to be mounted because they are instituting the nothing in the pockets rule.、Um, so I will figure out the ins and outs of all that and hopefully get actual Disney World ride footage for us to put on to our page.、Um, not that there aren't already others out there, but I do think that we do a really good job of. Knowing where to be looking on the ride and stabilizing shots and other things that、uh, maybe don't happen in other cases. So, yeah, we, we definitely Tuesday. <laughs> we definitely try and separate ourselves with some,、uh, some quality when it comes to that stuff. Sometimes first isn't the best.、Um, and you can tell that by our Epcot、um, harmonious video. So,、uh, so, yeah, so Tron, man, exciting news. And then it just seemed like right after they announced Tron, everything came out rapid fire. It was just like one thing after another thing after another thing. So the next big thing that was announced was Happily Ever After and Epcot Forever coming back to the parks on April the 3rd. And I kind of made a joke over on Facebook. And if you don't follow us over on Facebook,、um, I'm at. DPI Podcast, Peter at PATM Disney Travel. Follow us over there because I kind of made a joke that you always speculate the gap when it comes to new stuff at Disney. They're always going to leave a gap between these room offers that if they've got something big coming, it's almost certain that it's going to fit right in that gap nicely. And that's exactly what they did with this. The first. Uh, offer ends on the 1st of April. The second offer starts on the 10th of April. They gave themselves 10 days, and bam, new fireworks shows. And I say new, but bringing back probably the best show ever at Magic Kingdom, and then Epcot Forever.、Um, and I, I've never been a fan of Epcot Forever. It just it, it was a patchwork show, it was never meant to be a full. Here's the show. And and what I feel, and, and there's been a lot of talk on Twitter about it, is Epcot's getting a hybrid drone show. Why do I feel this? Paris is running another drone show starting beginning of next month、um, over in their studios park. Over the Avengers campus. So it's going to be another drone show. So they've got a 200 drone show before their fireworks at the castle. And then they're going to have a 300 drone show at Avengers campus every night、um, for the rest of the 30th, which they're doing through September. So they're going to have six months of how does all this stuff work to get it over to Epcot. Now, the one thing that a lot of people have brought up is the weather. Florida can get windy and kind of nasty, and the drone shows don't work that well.、Um, Dollywood will cancer, can't cancel their drone show quite a bit because of weather, but still put up fireworks. So that's something to keep in mind with the drones that if there is high wind situations or anything like that, you're not going to get that show. And I think that's one thing that really has limited Florida and having a show like that. They get a lot of those. I mean, and it's just kind of, it's one of those things that comes with being in Florida. Yeah, there already was a drone show over at Disney Springs a while back before the pandemic at night. And so,、um, a couple of things on that topic.、Uh, like you said, because I think legitimately a show or two ago, you and I were sitting there talking about that little gap between the deals. And, and using that as our hope, because that was exactly the week that I'm down there, is the gap between the deals.、Um, and it's a little bit later in the spring break travel that you might anticipate deals being there, and the lack of them was, was、uh, cause for speculation. But then I wonder if on, we are elated about happily ever after, by the way, about that as well. I told my wife that, and she like squealed like a little girl. Because she is a huge Happily Ever After fan. 
Um, on the Epcot side, it would be interesting if they do a hybrid drone show, but something to mitigate your point would be as long as the drone show also includes, like we think about, go back to previous Epcot shows, there's never been anything in the middle other than the fireworks. Yeah. Right? So it was all music and and little displays out on the 11 showcase nations. And so I would hope that they, in designing a hybrid drone show, if that does come to fruition, that they would plan the show to be pretty stinking good, similar to a previous Epcot show, but then also incorporate this drone aspect. So the other show with the music and the lighting on the nations and the fireworks can go regardless. And if we are good weather condition wise, the drones will also go up and add to the show. Well, and I think, I think Paris is handling it real well right now with their 30th stuff because their drone show is actually its own show before the fireworks. So that way, if the drone show gets canceled, it's not necessarily taking something away from the fireworks show. It's right. just you don't get to see the drone show that night. So I think yeah, it's almost almost like it's a 20 minute show with the drones or a 10 minute show without the drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, dr the drone show at Paris, I think, is only like five or eight minutes. I mean, it's not it's not super long at all, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Keep driving. All right. Um, so next in the news is park pack re park pass reservation requirements are changing for annual pass holders. Peter just talked about dropping his annual pass, but if you do have an annual pass, you'll actually be able to get into any park after 2 p.m. without a park pass reservation if you are an annual pass holder. And really, all this means is that you basically can do the backside of a park hop without having a frontside reservation. That's all it means. Yeah, and when you think about a lot of annual pass holders who are in Florida, that was one of the big knocks currently because, I mean, a lot of times if you're in Florida, especially from basically Canaveral to Tampa, like if I'm an hour or two hours anywhere east, south, west, or north of the park, I might get out of work early. I might all of a sudden on a whim say, you know what, I'd like to – go down to Hollywood studios and go ride a ride. And so the park reservation system being required for pass holders, while it makes sense in theory, it, it really took away the spontaneity of what a yeah. pass holder was able to do. And so like, if I wanted to go to Magic Kingdom, well, Magic Kingdom sells out all the time. So if I wanted to go on a whim, I would have to hope Animal Kingdom or Epcot were still available go when I'm able to just to scan in, just to get back in my car and drive over to Magic Kingdom because I have park hopping rights as an yeah. annual pass holder. So this really does just make a whole lot of sense. It's a really simple decision, um, but I, I really think it's going to sort of appease a lot of park um, uh, annual pass holders because they still have the ability to book full day experiences in the same way that they used to be able to with um, kind of unlimited if it's linked to a hotel reservation and uh, you can have up to five at a time if you don't have a hotel reservation. So you can still plan out your full day excursions, but now you have more freedom and flexibility for afternoon excursions, which is nice. Yeah, and, and you know, you were talking about the spontaneity and one of the things that when the park pass reservation system came out, a lot of people had talked about the inability to, to go on the dining reservation system in the morning, find something that had availability in the afternoon and just go to the park and eat or something like that. Right. It makes a whole hell of a lot of sense now for uh, an annual pass holder to be able to do that. So, and it might help some of those reservations fill and those parks in the afternoon. Cause now you'll have that Orlando native individual who's who has an annual pass go uh yeah you know i would like to go and eat at and now they can yeah yeah um next thing that dropped and, and like i said this was just kind of coming rapid fire i think this was on wednesday disney parks chairman josh tomorrow announced that complimentary self-parking 
um, went went into effect immediately. I mean, it was one of those things that we're doing it overnight. And that is a huge, huge deal because a lot of people thought that that was just kind of the last straw, the nickel and dime of this that you know we're gonna we're gonna bite the bullet we're gonna take the 12 hour car trip with our family and then we're gonna pay 90 dollars to park at our hotel and, and think about the absurdity that it even got instituted in the first place right like if like i'm driving down for spring break it is going to take 15 hours of driving a lot of times we do it just straight through the night don't know what we're doing in in april yet but then on top of that, you're going to tell me somewhere between $17 and $23 a day is what you're going to pay. And if you're like my family, we love the fact that once we are at Disney, we can get to everywhere in Disney. By Without getting in a car. Yeah. Right. And so their pushback was, well, you're only paying $17 a night, but you can go park at the parks, which is normally $25 a day. That's not. That's <laughs> no, that was just such an absurd rationale. Think, like, where else would you spend at minimum $150 a night, upwards of $800 to over $1,000 a night, and then have to pay $20 to park your dang car? Yeah. What? How? I I don't understand how, because that had to be a, a Demaro Chapik conversation. I don't even understand how it got pushed down in the first place. But clearly, this was an Iger tomorrow conversation, and they went get rid of that immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that was a huge one, um, and it is a big deal. You know, we we have rented vehicles from the airport to stay at the parks instead of taking you know a Magical Express or something like that. Um, and, and here lately, we haven't. We've always taken. Magical Express, Mirrors Express, that kind of stuff um, for the last numerous trips. I've been taking Ubers. Yeah, I mean, but just not to have a car there because you don't need the car. And if you do need the car, like an early dining reservation or something like that, the Uber and Lyft saturation in that area prior to park open is so great that it's relatively easy to get one. So... You know, for me, it was never an idea of having that flexibility because the flexibility was kind of built in there with the Uber and the Lyft and, you know, worst case scenario, a taxi or something like that. You know, call Mirrors Express, get an actual taxi. Um, so, yeah, so good to see that back. Uh, staying over at, well, I guess this would be for all the parks, but um, Disney College Program. Uh it opened up last fall, had its first class in. They are now opening up applications for character um, program roles, which is a big deal because when you think about the things that aren't back yet, some of the character meals, some of the character meet and greets, dining plan, they all revolve about around the availability of cast members for characters. And I think that's been the real hanging point with bringing the dining plans back is they don't have the staff to do all of the characters for the character meals. And that's a huge part of why families love that dining plan is you can kind of pre-schedule all that out and have those character meals built in. Um, so this was January 11th, so last Wednesday as well, that they put out a tweet that said hey we're going to be starting to call people that applied for cat cast development character roles awesome awesome mm -hmm. and that's going to lead into some more news at the world parks because you got pete silly sideshow reopening on january 15th which was a couple of days ago mini magnifique disney fortuna or fortuna uh the astounding adult Donaldo and the Great Gaffini are the four characters you can meet. They're very, very unique meet and greets. So Pete Silly Sideshow is over in that Casey Circus area, kind of around the side of Big Top Souvenirs. Um, has your family ever done that meet and greet? Uh, yeah, we have gone in there for the meet and greet. Uh, it was a long, 
that light keeps dying. What the heck? Um, I'm just gonna keep talking with the low light. Uh, so yes, we have uh, we've gone in there once. It was a while back, but it's also the the thing that we're more often in there for is it is one of the trick or treat locations for the not so scary party. So yes, um, we we are probably in there more regularly for uh, trick or treating than we are for uh, going in meeting those characters. But like you said, very unique. Um, all the characters in there are in basically outfits that you're not going to see anywhere else around the park. So it does make for a, a really cool meet and greet experience. And we yeah. have got to be way past the 15 minutes for news. So you better wrap it up, sir. Well, like I said, I'm not even putting the timer on today because we had so much news drop last week that, I mean, I wasn't going to cheat the people by putting a timer on the news. But yes, we are way, 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 way past 15 minutes. Um, so I'll kind of rapid fire the last few things. Um, as far as characters go at Magic Kingdom, we get a couple back here in the next month. The uh, Ariel's Grotto experience over by the, or the Little Mermaid ride is coming back on January the 22nd. So here in about five days. And then Enchanted Tales with Belle, which is a great experience. It's a cool story. You get to be part of the story. Kids get to be part of the story. Um, with a meet and greet with Belle is coming back on February 19th. That's kind of right next to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Um, listen to and watch our Fantasyland show that's coming out here in the next couple of weekends to find out where all these things are. Going over to Disneyland, a couple of things over at Disneyland. French Market Restaurant at Disneyland's being reimagined into Tiana's Palace. I think this is a dry run for adding Tiana's Palace either to the Pecos Bill area or into the uh, New Orleans Square Resort area. Or not New Orleans Square, um, Port Orleans. Port Orleans, yeah. And then Disneyland Haunted Mansion. The holiday edition is going to operate until January 29th this year. It will close on January 30th and officially reopen on February 10th. Along with other closures, next weekend you have the close, or next week you have the closure of Splash Mountain at Magic Kingdom that's going to be closed for over a year. Um, they're saying end of 2024 for the opening, uh, the reopening of Tiana's Bayou Adventure. All right, and that's the news. It Anything make, that you got? Yeah, it does make sense with um, putting in a Tiana ride that you you do retheme a restaurant as well. I am curious if there is area in in the whole redesigning of the whole Splash Mountain area at Magic Kingdom. It would be interesting if they take either like there's so much space down there off the ride exit that I wonder if like a brand new location or even like a small quick service-y type place, uh, right? Because right, there's the gift shop through the exit, but then there's also that gift shop right before the entrance. And you could, I mean, I, I don't know about Utilidor location or anything else like that, um, because obviously you wouldn't need to cook in that location. We've talked about that plenty of times, but uh, it would just be interesting to see like maybe a quick service location being put in that features, you know, a little bit of Mardi Gras type beignets and, and, and such, you know, but it would only be if they did a sit down restaurant there. So if they t took P Pecos bill, turned it into an actual sit down restaurant, it would be the seventh sit down restaurant in magic kingdom. It's not a but lot for that part. Pecos bill, which that would, that would piss some people off. Yeah, but could you turn Pecos Bill into uh, a quick service easier than making a Tiana quick service? Could you turn Pecos Bill into a Tiana sit-down and then turn Tortuga Tavern into Pecos Bill? No, because now you're sneaking into Adventure. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like it. I yeah. don't like it. I would rather see them make a brand new dining location if they try to put it into Magic Kingdom. Because I feel like they almost need to retheme that whole area by retheming the Splash Mountain to Tiana, because it no longer fits into the theme of Frontierland anymore. 
Yeah, they're they're trying to jam like a New Orleans Square type vibe into right. but then you Magic walk Kingdom. past the New Orleans Square to get back to Frontierland with the yeah <laughs> with the mine, <laughs> with, like with Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's where we're at on that. All right, I'm excited for the facelift. I've, I've said that before. I am excited to see what they do because I think it'll be amazing. I just think about like I used to love the Viking ride, and I was upset when I found out it was being redesigned to Frozen. And then I rode it, and I was floored. <laughs> like I'm like screw that Viking ride. <laughs> well, and and now have you seen the new animatronics that are going to be in Hong Kong and Paris for Elsa? They're absolutely unbelievable. No more projected faces or anything like right. that. It's might as well like put an actor in there. Yeah, I mean we're, we're getting to the point where it it's it's almost that good. All right, um, so let's. Uh, wow, that was interesting. You're like, you'll like slow down and then you'll like speed up really fast. So, like, <laughs> means my computer's lagging on the connection. Yeah, it looks like it a little bit. Okay, um, let's go ahead and get into this week's uh, top three. Business trip. Uh, <laughs> it does tingle a little bit. All right, it is DPI top three time. Um, if you're new to the show, welcome. This is the Disney Planning Insights podcast, um, and this is our fun segment during our DPI Live News and Notes show that you can see every Tuesday night. I'm Matt with the DPI podcast. Over on the other screen is Peter with Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel, and how this works is I have a bag full of poker chips, and I've got a spreadsheet with a bunch of questions on it, and we're going to pull out a chip, we're going to match it up with a question, and we're going to have 20 seconds to figure out our answer. And... Yeah. Peter's gonna do this in the dark, I guess. So no, I, I'm just gonna have. To, yeah, there. I have enough light. I just gotta give up on that thing. All right. What's going on? So tonight we are gonna be doing number 10. 10, 10, 10, 10. 10 is our number for tonight. So let me uh, pull up our handy dandy spreadsheet here, and let's see what we got. So number 10 is going to be, and it's not a. I just got Blues Clues vibes. <laughs> it is not a um, predetermined question by any means tonight. And I did add some of the ones that you had asked to um, be a part of this. Okay. <laughs> this is a good one. Your top three smells at Disney. This is so good. I love this one so much. All oh right. Oh my gosh. This is such a, you will, no other podcast has done this. I guarantee this is unique. This is, <laughs> I, I can't imagine that this has ever been talked about before. All right. So you've got, tw you've got 20 seconds to think of your top three smells at Disney. Go. I got them. I'm ready. Planning your first trip and getting overwhelmed by all the details. Planning your next trip and just want some new suggestions on things you haven't tried? Contact me at Princess of the Mouse Travel, and I'd love to work with you planning your next trip to the most magical place on Earth. You can contact Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel on Facebook at P-A-T-M Disney Travel. All right. Top three smells at Disney. I'm gonna let you go because you you are like all fired up about this Dude, one. This is this is such a good one. This is bravo, bravo. <laughs> okay, uh, so I'm gonna go first. Uh, one of my favorite smells at Disney is the smell inside of Gaston's Tavern. The okay. to describe the smell inside of Gaston's Tavern, it is sweet cinnamon and a little bit of fruit because you have all of, side of the scents in the air because of the foam that they put onto those drinks, sort of like this apple pear foam. And that kind of wafts a little bit of a smell. And then you just have like the overwhelming fresh baked cinnamon roll smell just hits you as soon as you hit the door. And I have made 
no hidden fact that one of my favorite things to do at Magic Kingdom is to get into the park, maybe ride one or two things, and then as the park begins to, like, as the park lines begin to get a little longer and longer, it is time to go take our first 20, 30-minute sit-down break at Gaston's Tavern and enjoy a couple of those cinnamon rolls and one of the LeFou's brew. And so as soon as you said sense, immediately that place came to my mind. I love when I walk through that door and just the smell of that fresh cinnamon roll hits me and I go, oh yes, because we normally start our <laughs> vacations in Magic Kingdom. And so it's gonna be one of the scents that truly says, hey, you're here, you're, you're at Disney on your vacation. There you go. All right. So Shannon uh, chimed in over on the chat, and she has three great ones. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say them because they may kind of mesh with some of ours. But my number three is going to be the incense burning scene in it's on Spaceship Earth. Um, it's when Rome is burning. Yeah, when when Rome is burning you have this this very woodsy smoky smell on that ride that is it's just a really really cool effect to give you that after a fire feeling um as you're going through that scene and just a great a great ride with a lot of different smells in it uh, but that one definitely sticks out in my mind as a a fantastic fantastic smell that you know when you think about it, you, you just, you smell it when you start thinking about it. So it's just one of those things that you, you just can't keep out of your mind. Um, so let's go on and let's go to our number two. And before we get into your number two, um, if you want to check out any of our other past top three episodes, check them out over on the YouTube page, or you can check them out over on the podcast. We separate them out and they are their own episodes, normally about 15 minutes long. We've had some great ones, some fantastic, some funny ones. Um, so yeah, so definitely check those out. And if you um, have an idea for a top three, like the top three smells at Disney, hit us up on the website. Um, it's going to be down here, but it's patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning and check out the top right section of the homepage. And you can submit your question or your topic for a top three episode. All right, so Peter, what is your number two scent at Walt Disney World? So when we get done with these, I would love for you to read through Shannon's because I, I think that's totally totally worthwhile. Uh, so my number two, it's funny that you went into Epcot because I'm gonna stay in Epcot. There is a smell in Epcot that I absolutely love and it is on the ride Soarin'. So Soarin', as you travel from area to area to area around the world, mixes sense in to the the experience the ride experience and my favorite one is the Taj Mahal scene so as you come into the Taj Mahal you just get sort of like this this fragrance sense and it I, it's just so good smelling and um it, it was between that one and the Fiji scent on that ride but yeah, but really, it's the scent of Soren is really what I love about Disney because you just move from scent to scent to scent, and it just sort of like, like the Africa desert. There's sort of like a dry, musty sort of scent that hits you when you're mm -hmm. out over the ocean. You're sort of getting like a salty sea air scent. It just it furthers the immersion into the experience of what is already an amazing ride visually they sort of turn it into a, a multi-sensory ride. So I'm just going to say the sense of soaring, but particularly I love the Taj Mahal one. There you go. Uh, Shannon just put up here that now I must experience the smell of Gaston's Tavern. So it is a, it is a fantastic smell. And I, I'm 100% with you on Soren. I was actually going to go Fiji, but since you took that one, I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go over to Animal Kingdom. I'm probably going to take your number one. But Flight of Passage... Holy crow, what That's a not cool... My one. It's not your number one. That's no. awesome because I, I think Shannon's got your number one. But the Flight of Passage is kind of the same thing, but upgraded sense. A little bit of 
some different scents because you get the cave scene that's got that musty smell to it when you go into the cave. You've got the ocean scenes where you're kind of going out over the water where you get the little mist and you get you get that ocean smell. And you get that same thing with like the African, that dry, musty when you're going down through with all the animals of Pandora um, in, in that scene. So you get a lot of those different scents. But yeah, same type of thing. Great, great scenes and great smells on that ride and especially my favorite on that ride is actually when you get out over the water and and that was one of shannon's as well just getting out over the water and the the smell you get just that ocean breeze type smell so yeah my favorite on that ride is when you first jump in and the smell just hits you like, yeah it's just a really cool experience like i've teleported to somewhere else yeah so. yeah all right Let's go to number one, and before we get to your number one, Peter, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, best place is over on Facebook, uh, just because obviously from Facebook, you're going to be able to message me directly and be able to start um, communicating. You can also find us on our Wix site, which I know I think is like scrolling along the bottom or shows up in the end credits. Um, so there we do have a vacation request form where you can provide details and information and I can get back with you as quickly as possible and um, get the dialogue started. But really on that form, it's just one more step to communication because you fill out the form, it gets to me, and then I reach out to you to communicate. Um, if you go and find me on Facebook, you're I'm immediately gonna see it and I'm gonna start communicating back with you almost immediately, uh, depending on what I might be preoccupied with. So. Those are the places to find me. I would love to help you plan a vacation, obviously primarily to Disney, but uh, I am expanding out a little bit more. So I'd be happy to help you anywhere in Orlando or really um, any kind of large areas like cruises or vacations uh, to larger resort areas. So uh, let me know how I can help you. Awesome. So let's get to your number one smell. Okay. So. I am cheating, but not cheating, okay? You so, are. I'm cheating, but not cheating, all right? So, no, you don't even know. I, I think I'm going... You, 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 I'm you going can't You can't else. use all of them. I, see, I think I'm going completely somewhere else. Everything you said doesn't line in with what, what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> so, my favorite smells are the Yacht Club and the Beach Club lobbies. So... The reason for that is because my family, our favorite trips are when we are staying at Yacht or Beach Club because it then gives us access to Stormalong Bay. Anytime we are staying at one of those properties, our park time gets a massive hit. So even like at our home resort of Riviera, we still spend a good majority of the time out in the parks because the pool, it's a great pool. It's a wonderful pool. The slide's great. Everything about the Riviera pool is great. But the Yacht Club, Beach Club pool, Stormalong Bay is in a class of its own. All of the deluxe resorts have wonderful pools. Stormalong Bay, like, just pulls their pants down and takes their lunch money of every other <laughs> pool area. So the amazing thing, though, is, like, Technically, Yacht and Beach Club are connected. You walk out of Beach Club's lobby, you walk down a little hallway, go past a couple of restaurants, and then come up into Yacht Club's lobby. Beach Club smells like tropical Caribbean. And so you imagine like the fruity scents and the ocean air and stuff like that. And then you go into Yacht Club and it smells like mahogany and planking and not the action of planking, but like, right? Like, Warp yeah. planking, <laughs> so like it smells like kind of the patch and the tar and the wood and the mahogany. Like it just such different smells, even though the buildings are technically connected to one another. And when I smell that, like those are my favorite Disney trips because when we're staying at Yacht and Beach Club, like th those are our, some of our best memories. I just love those resorts and. Um, I, I look forward to the potential to have DVC there at some day in a relatively predictable future if Disney 
keeps the same trend that they have done on other DBC properties. Let's yeah. put it down. Yeah. And, and and along the same lines, you know, this isn't my number one, but all of the deluxe hotels and some of the moderates and values have unique smells mm -hmm. associated with them. You know, yeah. when you go into the Grand Floridian, it smells completely different than the Polynesian, that smells completely different than the Contemporary, that smells completely different than Riviera, that smells completely different than Wilderness Lodge. I mean... I was thinking Wilderness Lodge. I was like, that's a really unique one too, is Wilderness Lodge. Yeah, so, I mean, if you want, you know, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, is... A cool thing to do if you have a free day is just resort hop and check out the lobbies and the pool areas and, and just the surroundings of some of these other big resorts on Disney property because there are a lot of different things to see, different things to smell, different things to taste because each resort is really its own animal when it comes to all of those things. So... No, great number one. Not not where I thought you were going to go, which is awesome because I don't know if another fire scene makes me a pyro, but the fire scene at Pirates of the Caribbean is my number one. A little um, bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I like going to Disney to smell fire. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing because it means I'm not burning things down at my house. Oh, there you go. I but, yeah, I, I mean, two of my three favorite smells are cities on fire. Oh, <laughs> uh, but Rome and Caribbean port towns are on fire. Yeah, yeah. And they're very unique smells. I mean, they're very different smells. That's true. Uh, but, yeah. No, Pirates of the Caribbean, again, another unique, depending on where you are in the ride, lots of different smells. You also get that huge chlorine smell of the water, like you do in uh, It's a Small World as well, and Navi River Journey, any of those boat rides, you get that big chlorine smell on top of everything that you have. So they kind of overpower the chlorine with a bunch of different smells, which, which makes it fun. But yeah, again, Disney is such a cool place because as soon as you walk into a resort, into a park, into um, anything, a restaurant, you get a unique experience. And it's not just, hey, what do I see? What do I hear? It, you get it through the smell as well. You get it through the feeling of, you know, that walking under the, the railroad tunnel going in the magic kingdom is it there's a feeling you you get transported and it, it's really really cool so hopefully um if you haven't been able to experience that you can reach out to us and we can help you experience that um here in the near future so um peter anything else before we uh let the fine people go this week what are shannon's so shannon's were give the people what they want the the water scene on Flight of Passage, the Taj Mahal scene in Soren, and the chlorine smell on Pirates of the Caribbean. We got all of them. Yeah. Look at that. So, no, she is she is a woman of my own heart, so. Yeah, you all, like, all three of yours were rides. I will have you know. <laughs> and, I go, and all three of Shannon's were rides. I, I, go, I go to Disney for the rides. I went restaurant, ride, and hotel. I diversified my sense. You 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 did. You did. <laughs> you know You know, Paris, when you walk into Paris and Epcot, that has like a I don't know where the scent comes from, or if it's just an a mix of like the bakery and the perfume shop and whatever but like like the entire France pavilion has like its own unique scent. To to be fair, so does like Germany. You go to Germany, and you're like, I smell sourdough everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you go you go into Japan, and you you get you get a, a the cherry blossoms and the plants yeah. that are in that pavilion. It is. It's just amazing. Like I always tell clients, don't go expecting thrills, but go expecting experiences, because Walt Disney World is not a thrill company. It's it's an audio visual animation experience company. So, you know now. That being said, over the last like three, five years, the thrills have really taken a step up 
um, in the Disney parks. There are definitely a lot of really, really exciting things to do, uh, much more than there used to be. So, boy, it's just, it's exciting. It is, it is. Well, thank you for joining me on the DPI Top 3 tonight. Hopefully everybody has a good week, and we will see you back here next Tuesday. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go to the outro because I don't have a really good question for this week. So, Peter, thanks for joining us, bud. Ask us uh, some questions. Yeah, go on the website, ask us some questions. Go on the Facebook page, Twitter, ask us some questions. They've been scrolling around here the whole time, uh, and we will answer them on the show. So... Again, thank you guys all for watching, and we will see you next week. Peter from Princesses and the Mouse uh, Disney Travel joined us today, and we talked about a bunch of news and had a fantastic top three about smells. social media over on Facebook at DPI Podcast over on Twitter or at Disney Insights if you're watching us on the YouTube channel you found us there but we do have podcasts and we're over on Instagram at Princesses and the Mouse definitely want to check out all of those like, share, subscribe do all those things we'll really appreciate it watching listening everything that you guys do you guys have a wonderful week and we will talk to you next week bye now